Census of the board to uh, extend public comment, allowing gentleman to finish his presentation. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. All those opposed? Motion carries. Go ahead. This is Dr. Charles, and he does the microforest planting in our area. Um, and I will just let him go on. All right. Well, I am deeply grateful. Is this the slide advancer, or is that no, something else? No, I think is this the speaker that. Great. Well, what a bunch of thanks I need to start by extending first to Amber for, uh, for inviting me to be here. Uh, thanks to Chairman Chuck for uh, allowing me this moment. And thanks to all of you for extending the comment period so that I can spend about 15 to 20 minutes with you and answer your questions talking about microforests. Uh, by way of background, I have a PhD in restoration ecology. Um, and my job around the world, really, I've gotten to travel a lot, is going into areas where there's a lot of distress, whether it's from mining, fire, flooding, I did a lot in post-Katrina New Orleans, and using vegetation as an agent to restore environmental quality. And my last gig was in Africa, where I was doing reforestation of lands affected by, uh, by climate change, areas where it was getting much drier because of shorter growing seasons and higher temperatures. So I came here and was asked to start a tree planting program by my Rotary Club, and I realized, well, this area has distress too, and the distress that calls for an urgent solution has to do with development, the rapid rate of development and the resultant destruction of the natural systems that provide the ecological services that make this not just a beautiful place to live, but a safe place to live in terms of resilience against climate change. So that's going to be the real theme of my talk. 
Um, I'm speaking on behalf of an organization called SURF, Suncoast Urban Reforesters, and we are a partnership of Florida Veterans for Common Sense. I want Chairman Chuck to be sure and meet them since he's a veteran, and my Rotary Club, and then start solutions to avoid red tide. And I have business cards for anybody who wants to follow up. This, this reforestation strategy I'll describe solves many problems, and one of the most urgent is the red tide problem. I should say it solves it, but it makes a positive contribution towards its resolution. Okay, next. So, um, associated with um, climate change, we have three compelling problems that we have to deal with. The urban environment with all this pavement and with turf and building rooftops and reflected surfaces just is heating up. It's getting a lot hotter and our neighborhoods as a consequence are becoming scarcely walkable. There was something like 100 days a year last year where the effective combinations of, of temperature and sun and humidity made it very difficult to, to be comfortable outside. We have the coastal water pollution, both red tide and general deterioration, some biological contamination that makes swimming unsafe, and then storms, storm-related vulnerabilities, stronger winds, and in particular, which is really addressed by this, is inland flooding. Right now, California is getting hit by this atmospheric river. In our case, what we have to worry about are stalling tropical systems. We all remember how long Ian hung around, and that inland flooding poses a real risk. Next. So these are the elements of the climate crisis, and this is the most targeted solution to adapt our community to the climate crisis that I can come up with, that I could propose to you. Next. And all of these problems that we are addressing are every single day being exacerbated by our development strategy. This kind of development isn't going to be allowed indefinitely. I almost think development is happening faster than it normally would, so these people will be kind of grandfathered in or they'll predate the implementation of requirements for protecting grand trees, having a certain area undeveloped, but for now they're just developing like crazy, and, and in, that's why we have to establish urban forest, living walls, other high-performance ecological features to offset the rapid loss of habitat. Next. So the trees are the answers. Um, no question. We've always known that. All the Christmas ornaments you see here in the, um, in the canopy and underneath are benefits such as cooling, shading, wildlife habitat, and very important to me is water capture and retention so it doesn't move laterally over the land and carry pollutants uh, or cause flooding during a major storm event. Next. And that just highlights the biggest ones. Next. Here's the problem, and it's, it becomes quite apparent when you're 70 years old, is that the trees, unless you develop some innovative mechanisms, don't grow that fast. Trees that are not properly, that 
that are not planted with what might be called new, updated, or enlightened botanical thinking, they, they take a long time to get big enough to provide the benefits that I've talked about, the regional cooling, the wind protection. So the next picture, this is a guy, I'm so glad he came along. His name is Miyawaki. He lived in Japan, and he asked himself, what can I as a botanist do so that small areas of land in cities that are clearly not going to be suddenly developed for um, an urban structure, what can I do to get the most benefit out of them? And he knew the best way would be to, to plant trees so that they would grow really fast. And Miyawaki's strategy that I'm going to describe to you and it's proving itself quite well here, it would dictate or predict that trees grow 10 times faster than a normal horticultural planting, faster even than native forests. And the assertion is that you can grow a 100-year forest in 10 years. And I just yesterday visited a one-year-old forest that's, that was put in this tall, and it's already a lot taller than I am. And um, the method that I'll describe to you uh, explains why this happens. Next. So, ah, but before I get to that, I do want to mention, Miyawaki is the scientist that developed this uh, close planting strategy I'll describe. I am trained and have been for years in something called permaculture, which is a, a philosophy of growing that avoids um, fertilizing soil, it avoids tilling soil. Instead, it harvests the fungi in the soil. Has anybody watched the movie Fantastic Fungi? Yeah, just one of you. I really recommend it. It's on Netflix. Yes. It just the premise of it is that fungi are way more important than we realize in mediating nutrient delivery, water uptake, and helping trees grow fast. So I knew this about permaculture and used to plant what are called food forests. My work in Africa was agroforestry. And then I learned about Miyawaki. And wow, it's, it's really been, the term I use is high performance, the results of the work. Next. So here's what Miyawaki's design strategy says. We plant exceptionally dense forests, three plants per square meter three per square meter, which is one cover plant, one mid-story, and one canopy tree. And we plant them so close that you create life stress. Plants sense their environment around them, and they pick up shade early in the morning or late in the afternoon, and they react in a hormonal way. They secrete hormones that will make them grow faster. And if you have a good soil that can meet the nutrient needs of a fast-growing plant, it's going to grow really, really fast. So that's Miyawaki's, one of his greatest contributions, is exceptional density in order to create life stress, shade stress in particular, and then the tree grows really fast. He also says you want to have exceptional diversity, he calls it hyper-diversity of native species. Many of our forests around here may only have 20 or 30 species in, a, you know, in an acre, 
of native forests because a lot of the native species that only native plant enthusiasts have heard about are not present in those forests. They've just gradually faded out due to the fact that the forests are not in great health, there's not regular fire, we have these wet, dry seasons pass. So we go to as many as five different nurseries for each forest. Now my daughter's calling, but I'm not going to answer that. Um, so we have, um, uh, we put up to 50 species in each half acre of forest, exceptional density, which means whatever the weather conditions are, whatever the pest, freeze, you're going to have some plants that do ideally well and you're never going to lose a lot of your system. We plant understory, midstory, and canopy all at once, an entire miniature forest that grows all at once. Then the soil preparation I talked about with permaculture. And then it's really important to me that we plant small plants. On planting day, all the plants will come on one truck or two, one or two trucks and we lay them out, one gallon plants. That happens to be environmentally great because it means, means they've spent very little of their lives in a nursery needing fertilizers, water, human intervention. And it also means kids as young as Amber's daughter at age, uh, son, at age five. Is it daughter or son? Daughter. Uh, daughter. Uh, it can put, put plants in the ground. And that's really important. I have people eight to 80 at my planting days, which I really, really love. And that's what I mean by participatory. Okay, next. So um, these are two of the, I need to fix this presentation. Those pictures should be up. But here is the Heritage Harbor. I was just there yesterday. There's a year, less than a year ago. You can see the playground in the back right next to a big parking lot. And here's how it looks today, where many of the trees are taller than I am. And just imagine what a higher quality experience it is for the kids in that parking lot to be surrounded by trees. There's wonderful little nature trails, little QR code signs. And then um, the mangrove school, uh, where Amber's daughter goes, is one we put in in the middle of the summer last year. And it's, uh, it's really valuably functional because that's an area prone to puddling. And the trees tend to lift the water out of the soil that would otherwise make it difficult. And next, this is a, I'm dedicating a lot of my time to this right now. This one community lost a lot of its trees to Hurricane Ian and people complain about the noise all the time. And so we have designed a rectilinear microforest that will integrate right in, support the existing trees, but fill in by using this fast Miyawaki growth to create the fastest possible sound barrier. And I'm envisioning it also as security, light, just general privacy, bringing nature into the neighborhood under a, you know, a, to fill a need, in this case, an urgent need for silence, but also it provides all those extra ecological benefits. Next. Okay, so here are microforests from around the world. 
you can see what they have in common is that they are all very dense. There's a great deal of fast-growing biomass there, and those are between three to five years old. And next is a slide I'm pretty proud of, although I need to update it. And since, uh, uh, let's see, since October, the celery fields was October of 2020, we have seven microforests in the ground, and we have an eighth in progress in Jacaranda West. Sherry Thornton, by the way, I don't think she's been introduced yet. Sherry Thornton is the president of Jacaranda West and uh, is a, a dream for me as a scientist to have somebody that is assertively taking the lead. We have planning sessions that she runs, and, and um, she's getting it done. So I'm going to have to redo this uh, slide to show that new one. Um, and I have some drawings of what that forest is going to look like if anyone's curious. Next. Okay, so the steps are, it takes about a half a year. The most important step is to identify the place. You, you want a place where you already have turf, but it's turf that you no longer want to mow. Did you know that turf uses more resources than any crop, if you want to call it a crop on the planet, in terms of mowing, fertilization, pesticides, and yet it's actually a source of ecological damage because it doesn't store much water and it doesn't cool an area down. So anywhere that you have turf that you don't need it, I hope you will nominate, whether it's the size of this room, up to the footprint of this building as a prospect for a microforest. Then we get volunteers out and we lay cardboard. We spend time, which Sherry has spent a lot of time, calling uh, arborists to get them to deliver their recycled wood chips. And then we spread those wood chips so we cover what used to be turf with cardboard and over the cardboard wood chips and that cools the temperature of the soil down from like 100 degrees to 75 degrees and it traps the moisture and then all that grass begins to decompose for lack of access to light and it turns into a bed of fungi which is literally the best possible seed bed or planting bed for, uh, for trees. We measure where they're going to go and then this is hard work, and it takes a certain amount of elegance and crispness. We drill holes through this wood chip cardboard sandwich. We get down to the bottom, um, down into the soil, and uh, then we have the trees delivered, as I said, in just one or two vehicles. That's the day before planting. So after we've done this, after we've created the mulch bed, we incubate, usually with a sign, tell everybody what's going on, for about six months, six weeks, six weeks, until we actually plant. Next. And so planting day, which is just so fun for me, uh, we have between 20, but often more than 80 or 90 people come out of all ages, and um, when by the time they get there, the plants are either already in the hole, but still in their pots, or they're well supervised, the volunteers are, by master gardeners as to where they should go. 
and, uh, and we put up the sign. So next, uh, go ahead. I'll talk about this in a minute. So one of the things that I have been doing, not as much as I would like, is using a computer model called iTree to model the amount of carbon that is sequestered into the soil, which is a commodity that in Europe is carefully measured and actually traded. You've heard the term carbon regulated economy. And also the amount of water that we're keeping out of the bay, which in Washington, DC, believe it or not, they have stormwater diversion credits. We don't have any of those what are called ecological assets here, but I keep track of them as best I can uh, using the appropriate models. Next. And then this just shows that every microforest has a nature trail in it, um, which is a very nice place to go because it's so dense, usually signs to identify what species are there. And then the one I was at, one of them yesterday, has a sign about Shinrin Yoku, which is forest bathing, finding a place to sit in the forest and, and arriving in a contemplated state. Next. Okay, so here's the exciting one we're working on now that we, uh, Sherry will lead a meeting on Wednesday to start scheduling our next volunteer day. And I hope I'll be in touch with all of you. I know Amber and her daughter will be there. I think um, that's her on the screen in the pink boots. <laughs> really? Oh, right up there, up there. The little blonde one. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, well, wonderful. So this one couldn't be more exciting. It's on Jacaranda, about a third of a mile south of Center Street. And it is going to have a kind of an open forest right along the, the uh, water body there, a bald cypress swamp. We got a generous country company called um, Cypress Cherry, Cherry Lake. Cherry Lake to give us these cypress and then a really dark forest that'll be isolated by a soundproofing living wall, and then a big prairie. Um, and uh, we are very excited about the complexity of this. There will be a lot of signs that explain these different habitats, the value of different habitats. And um, I have information sheets on all of these. And if you know, one of the things we would really ask you to do is if you know of businesses that will be interested in sponsoring part of this, we have about $25,000 treasury right now, 10 from the Community Foundation, 10 from Sherry's, um, uh, Sherry's Homeowner Association. But we, this is about a $50,000 project. So Sherry, being assertive, and I've helped her, have gone out and Fox Furniture, mm -hmm. International Bikes. Bicycle Internet, Bicycles International. Yeah, and, uh, and we will find others. I'm sure it's just a matter of time before Aldi and uh, Home Depot. But if you know anybody that would be interested in having a sponsorship package, please take one of the information sheets and if, do you have the sponsorship sheets? Um, uh, or if any of you drove here in one of the gullwing Teslas and has your own wealth, then. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but we are raising money. And, but just as important, 
really just as important is for you to keep track of our schedule so that you can come out to one of our volunteer days. And this forest was born of Sherry coming to a volunteer day at the Heron's Nest Forest. And with that, I think I'm about done. Next. Uh, just talking about these living walls. So do think about this too. If there's a place where a community is really troubled by noise, this community was lobbying for the highway department to get the highway to put in a really big tall wall. And it's almost to my good fortune that the highway said no, you know, we, it's not in the plans. Those are expensive. So they're going to go with the living wall. If you know any communities that we could sort of take this infrastructure that's not good for the environment and could fall over in the wind and put in a dense, fast-growing native planting that is resilient in the face of climate change. Wow, what a find that would be. Next. Okay, so questions about anything? Chairman Chuck, is your hand up? No, I'm gonna knit. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, What's the cost per cent in a quarter acre? That's a great question. How much does it cost a quarter of an acre? I use the number $15,000. $15, and that cost about half of it goes to plants and half of it goes to some expertise that I use from a guy named Zach. He's a new college graduate. And he has to call all the different um, uh, vendors, meaning the nurseries, and come up with the planting mix, also drill those holes, and then supervise some of the planting days with his expertise. So I often quote that number, 15,000, uh, but it can be lower uh, if the club, if the community of people is really engaged. The one that we put in at Heron's Nest is only about 12,000, and that's because it was done by a Rotary Club. They paid for the whole thing, and some of their people got very involved and made the phone calls to find the mulch, to find, we got cardboard donated. So that's the ballpark cost. Thank you. Yes? Um, what if you don't need cardboard? What if it's just, a, say, an undeveloped lot that's been, you know, bulldozed and somebody buys it and wants to start? Yeah. Like we have an environmental conservancy uh, nonprofit that buys okay. habitat, you know, and I'm sure they'd be interested in something like that. And they get money and they buy, they'll just buy lots. Oh, wonderful. You know, so I'm thinking they could improve, you know, I'm thinking of sharing this information with well, them. And, and, but they wouldn't have to have the cardboard. So I'm wondering what the prep time would be. You know, exactly. Um, exactly. Building I... on sand, you know, or whatever our soil is. Um, you know, Zach and I are, are of two minds on this, and you know we're both we both were trained differently. I am a real advocate of using cardboard, and it's not just for weed suppression. The cardboard is a really digestible energy source okay. for fungi, and so you put the wood chips down, and the wood chips become a carbon source. For the fungi, but they've got a lot of tannins, a lot of things in bark that 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 animals, simple animals like earthworms, don't like. So as soon as you lay the cardboard, you get this lacing of white fungus underneath oh, it because okay. it's such a okay. cheap 
easy food source, and then that white fungus advertises itself to earthworms that come and eat it, and the earthworms are like little school buses of different species of fungi. They bring it in. They hit the web. Yeah. You know, the other thing okay. is the cardboard, Zach sometimes moves away from cardboarding because volunteers, and we're going through this, but I think we're going to prevail on this case. Volunteers get all excited about the cardboard, and then you don't get enough. And you want to go forward, but you don't have enough. But that is something that's really in the hands of volunteers. If you go to a grocery store, a box store, a bicycle store. Yeah, by, we found, um, just for lessons learned, bicycle stores and um, furniture stores. And, you know, the, like Fox Furniture donated to our project, but they're grateful for us to come get their cardboard, and it's big pieces, which the bigger the pieces, the better, because then you're not trying to overlap a bunch of little boxes and pieces together. Right? It really makes for a clean look. And I'll tell you what, at Heron's Nest, we got a company called um, AccuShred to actually deliver the cardboard on pallets and the, throughout the footprint. And like 20 of us Rotarians came out and it was like dealing cards. We did the whole thing in about two hours. But the other reason, part of the reason I'm excited about our next meeting is I need to resolve this with Zach and, and argue. Because the other challenge that our guy Zach, who is up close to the logistics, is you really want to lay your cardboard when you've got your wood chips close at hand. We did one site where we laid the cardboard and then a big windstorm came and it blew the cardboard all over the property. Uh, and we don't have a microforest there. They basically said, come get your effing cardboard out of here. It looks like a mess. So you need to have your wood chips lined up and your cardboarding and do it. But it's the perfect volunteer activity and it really is better for the soil. So these sites that you're talking about, I'll be excited. And by the way, the term cardboarding in the language of gardeners is sometimes called sheet mulching. Okay. Have you ever heard that phrase? Okay. It actually, we use it when we garden at our house. That's what I do. I do cardboard and then mulch, and we, then we leave it, and then we garden, and everything's been doing fabulous. And it's actually keeping it cool. I let it sit for like six weeks. Um, till you know the grass, I give time grass and stuff. Right? It's but it's great. It keeps the soil effective. very cool. That's what I used in in um, you know in Africa, and they said really cardboard. But you know, I got the university. Thankfully, our library had all this furniture delivered, and we laid it out. And it just it takes this soil that's never had a temperature in the case of Africa below about ninety degrees. And it drops it down to 70, and all of this fungi that's barely been able to grow all of a sudden finds itself in heaven as far as cool, dark, moist. And as I said, it is the cardboard is a simple carbon source. It's kind of like pouring syrup over pancakes. You get your kids to eat the buckwhip pancakes because the syrup tastes so good. You're, you're, you're feeding the fungi something so good that it comes in and then it starts to decompose a more recalcitrant or less digestible elements. Great question. Any others? Yeah, uh, Dr. Charles, so would you be 
interested in potentially partnering with local municipalities on projects that may be on public uh, lands. Uh, there are plenty that we have in mind within our city limits that would be ideal for projects like that, that. That's what I'm here for. That's what would add meaning to my life is to, the more of these, uh, the better. You know how it's sometimes when we're interviewed by media, they say something, to, oh God, why did, why did they quote that? But when I was on Bay 9, the final quote was me saying, yeah, I feel good every microforest I see, but I know the real benefits won't be realized until we have 20 or 30 throughout this community. So I would love to do it. I am always an absolutely free resource. I have no financial interest in it. What's really nice for me, and it works so well with Sherry um, and with the Mangrove School. The Mangrove School was somebody named Rita. Do you know Rita? Probably, anyway, visually. When one person steps forward and says, Charles, just tell me what to do, and I will lead it. And then I'm the scientist, and I say, this is important, this is important. But the other person is driving the agenda. Then, then all of a sudden, I can stretch my, my knowledge of this, which I'm so lucky to have, across many sites. So let's find some sites in this city Find a few champions. <laughs> Plenty. And uh, I, I'll come down here. I come here and camp. And what a cool thing it would be. You know, I used to do toxic waste cleanups and go to municipalities. It was called the Hazard Ranking Index. Look at like eight sites and rank them as to how bad they are and urgent to clean up. Let's do just the opposite. Let's do a city map that shows sites that are conducive to microforest, set a uh, priority plan, and then there are some logistic things that Sherry has been working out for uh, the urban project that, in this case, we only have to do once. Where do you store the cardboard? You have people coming up with lots and lots of cardboard. Where do you put it? In your case, for Northport, we could say we're putting in a fleet of 10 microforests over the next three years, and we're going to have this cardboard storage place. Oh, the other thing we could do is we could actually start growing our own plant stock. Get a school like the mangrove yeah, school and start and start buying the, the little seedlings or even the seeds. So we could have a program where we're systematically reintroducing high-performance ecological systems. I think I'm largely done publishing papers, but that would be such a sweet story to publish. I would write it up just to say, well, look at this city. This is amazing. I am. So much knowledge. I would love to get your contact info. Oh, well, great. Pass, no. uh, you, you're not going to have to wait long for that. I'll help you be hearing from me very soon. I, I work in healthcare, but we go through so much cardboard that we just throw in these dumpsters constantly. Okay. And um, I'm telling you, I work at the veterans facility in Port Charlotte, and we fill up dumpsters like probably twice a week of just nonstop cardboard. Uh, and it's every healthcare facility, because I worked with other facilities before, and the, the brief boxes, I mean, it's nonstop cardboard, food containers. Yeah. We could get you free. I could get you free cardboard. We can, we can, we can have a planning meeting. 
just knock off all these things yeah. and then have them. You wouldn't have to pay cardboard because I have we have a nonstop site between three facilities I know that could get you into cardboard for free. And the city could set aside a wood chip depository and never have to take wood chips to the landfill, which they pay to get rid of, and be storing wood chips at a place where we would always have a, um, a cache, a supply of them. So, no. so maybe we need to endeavor to incorporate this within the plan. Mm -hmm. You've got your free consultant. <laughs> well, they are. So can we make a right. motion Let's, to... Right, we've got the whole tree bus I thing. I submitted it because I was just submitting a proposal to, for a, uh, a rewilding project by the uh, Jockey Club okay. area. And it's all city-owned and it's, I mean, that's it. And then I see you giving this this presentation. Well, it's so. perfect timing. Here I am and, and ready to do it. Um, I really believe in the methodology and feel very lucky. That guy, Miyawaki, I mentioned I worked in Africa. I worked in Nigeria, West Africa. I learned many years later, Miyawaki was in Kenya doing the same kinds of things in East Africa, Kenya and Ethiopia and Sudan. And man, I would have loved to have met him. He died in 2022. But I would have loved to have said, you're my hero. Um, but I'll have to wait. <laughs> thank you very much, sir. All right, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. That's great. Stick or I'm going to stick around, but I'm going to chat with Sherry in the hall for a minute. Sure. If, if, if it's all right, if I hang around, I'm kind of no, curious. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, next item uh, any other public comment? Yeah. Seeing none. Uh, approval of minutes. I need a motion to approve the minutes of the January 8, 2024 Environmental Advisory Board meeting. Motion to approve. Motion made by Casey, seconded second by Aaron. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? Unanimous. Approval. All right. Unfinished business. Yeah, here's where I messed up. Uh, A. Discussion of uh, item 230742, discussion and possible action regarding advising the City Commission on implementation of additional community gardens, LOLA. This is your issue. Do you have anything you'd like to add to the discussion? Um, yeah. Go ahead, young lady. I'm not sure what else we can do now to send a memo. Should we send like a follow-up for a confirmed response? Uh, I believe we are already seeking responses to our memos. Well, I think, too, um, I emailed. They need, we kind of talked about last time, they need um, questions for the community garden survey to send out so that we can oh. figure out where we're going to put the community gardens. Um, so I need us. Trish needed a sample of questions, and then they needed to know if we wanted to send it out via snail mail or have a QR code to scan, like on the website. Um, Who is this coming from? Trish. Who? Trish. Trish, okay. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then they want to know who the target audience is. So like, do you want to pick a neighborhood and just target that one neighborhood? Or do you want to cover the whole city of Northport on the survey to get everybody's opinion on like maybe multiple neighborhoods? Okay. So we just kind of have to figure out and answer those questions and let her know. Did you talk to her at all or no? So they want us to clarify. They want no. us to come up with questions, us to come up with questions mm -hmm. to do it? Okay. Like, uh, Trish is, somebody they told me to go Election ask. Recreation, <laughs> they told me to go ask her a question. Um, it's basically like, are you interested in having a garden in your community? Um, you know, what would you maybe want to right. grow in your garden? Or like, how would it benefit your family? Or like, just like a list of a couple of questions. Yeah, you would you be willing to mm -hmm. do that for next month? Like, I could come up with a list, and or do you want to do that? Like, I don't want to take anything away, but I don't mind helping. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll come up with a list for Trish. Yeah. Okay. So if we choose the QR code, it's free. Okay. If we choose snail mail, we have to figure out how we're going to pay for it. So I'm more inclined to do the QR code, but she wanted to know what our opinion was. <laughs> I think free is good. You can sit right up here. <laughs> I see the Facebook posts and people complain endlessly on there about how the city handles everything. I think if you throw a link to QR code at that, people would see it. Yeah, I get emails from the county when they want surveys, too. Like, I don't know yeah. if it can be on the email list, too. If we could put it on both. Mm -hmm. She said you, they be... could put it a couple of different places, so. Yeah, I think that would be the best bet. And I would recommend you send your information to our liaison to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, correlate the information. And if I may also add a chair, the uh, South Stefan Natural Resources um, potentially also considering because we're talking about community gardens for as as a food source um, uh, potentially if we also consider um, a community garden for planting native native species um, that's that has a tremendous, in my opinion, potential for environmental uh, benefit, and there may be some um, options there as well to partner. You do like an Everglades tomato, and like there's a bunch of different native edibles. Gear gear more towards Southwest uh, Florida native species. I know that will, uh, in which my opinion, would, certainly uh, which would incorporate part of the discussion that we just had. Okay. And that part of the question on the survey, too, could be, are you interested in doing a community garden where you garden yourself in a plot? Or would you rather have, like, a community garden that's just done by volunteers and, like, everybody benefits? I know there was, like, two ways to do it from that presentation she did, so. I'd like to make a suggestion that we include developers who are putting up the apartment complexes mm -hmm. in this community garden thing and target them first. Yeah, that I think was that's good. Memo, by the way, yeah. said developers. Okay. They said this should be a requirement that yeah. developers do that. They, or they should, should at least offer it. Yeah, 100%. Did we get a copy of that memo? It's in the attachments from yeah, whoever said jumped out. Okay. Yeah, I pulled it up. Where are the attachments? 
in the email. No, no, no. Where are the attachments? You so basically, whenever you go online, I sent I sent out the connection. You can print them out. Um, typically, we only provide them the, when they're first initially given. So is that one that's being followed up on? Yeah. yeah. Is that one that's being followed up on? My my understanding is yes. Um, it, at this point, I don't have any any information to follow up on, but it's uh, something that I can um, I can provide for for the next meeting. Um, I think it might be worthwhile to kind of formalize following up on any memos that we forwarded on, right? Like that should be an ongoing agenda item until they're off. And it should consist of here's the memos, right? We have links to them. And then what's the update? They are being followed up on, I can guarantee you. We, we try that. I don't doubt that, right? But why not just as part of our process, let's mm -hmm. stay on top of it? Because it, it in a should, month at a should, time, it, it should automatically be part of the process. I'm, I'm in our process. I'm hoping now that we have a natural resource department specified, it'll be followed up on now. Before, we didn't have that. And maybe now it'll be followed up on because they would just go to the commissions and be dead ears. No, so I'm actually, not actually, actually, they very Except rarely. For one. I'm not arguing whether or not they're being followed up on. What I think we want to know is where are they in the process? Is there something in the way? Can we impact that? That's why yeah, you do that sort me. of thing. Exactly. Well, well, uh, I believe that Khalid uh, is uh, well aware of the issue. In, and if, if I may again, um, in general, this is, so this is not really, if we can, if we can make this a, a case for how this is an environmentally uh, productive uh, proposal is the the argument for for a community garden is not real it's talking about a food source and it's talking about the community but we are looking at the environmental benefits of of it from from an ecological standpoint and um, you know, in theory, anybody can grow, uh, can create a community garden on their, on their pro private property, but on on uh, public, you know, on public land, it's a bit different because it's not really an, a, you know, a native plant that is being proposed to be planted. We are talking more of a food source and a community um, place where people can gather like-minded people um, so that's the that's the tricky part with this with this uh, the possible action from my understanding how to how to make it more uh, geared towards an environmentally friendly uh, proposal I, I know I've missed a couple of months, so but this, didn't I get shoved over to 
Doesn't that get moved over to Parks and Recreation, the community gardens? Yeah, yeah. that's Parks and Recreation. We are partnering. I think we are partnering with them on it. Yeah, we were okay, partnering with I Parks and Recreation. And for Parks, yeah, they, they would be the, if they are willing to, to go that route, that would be. I know Charlotte County, they put it off on their rec departments and their park, and it's very successful in those. So maybe we could get more parks and rec to do that. Well, I mean. We just want to make sure they do it. Yeah, you're right. That's the thing. But they, they're really successful, and I mean, they, they do both. Like, I know one, they have two community gardens, if I'm not mistaken, and one of them does do both. Uh, renting out the plots and it's very successful and there's one that does community and the environmental aspect of it too i think the south county one does that too um so i mean that's something if we could get parks and rec on board with us i mean if they're willing to like put them up in our parks and stuff that would be cool that would be the kids need to see where their food comes from so. yeah <laughs> well I thought, I thought it was a parks and recreation project yeah i think I think they just kind of talked about partnering with us, but I don't know that anything was. That's, that's, I don't know if anything was. partnering with us and it's yeah. parks and recreation. Yeah, but I don't think they like committed. Well, that's what I'm trying to. <laughs> and, there, and, and there goes back to our memos. We haven't gotten a firm answer from anybody as it relates yeah. to the original memo. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Let's yeah. Review. Right. I want to make a motion that it's an ongoing agenda item and to review where our memos are. Right. It, it, Until it, they're knocked off. Okay, and, I second and, that. And, yeah. and you're exactly right. And as far as I know, there's 11 memos outstanding. I motion. She seconded. Can we have a vote? Did you get that motion, Mike? I don't really think we can make a motion because it's not doesn't really follow the the lines of what we're talking about. Yeah, you're, you know what? You're exactly right. We're off topic. Um, yeah. I think that that would be a topic for future, future agenda, agenda, agenda items, and then yeah. we'll get it addressed at the next one, sadly. We'll discuss it. Okay. I can say it then. Okay. okay. So. Okay. Aaron's going to work on it. Amber's going to work on it. Lola's going to work on it and bring something back. What are we working on? Uh, questions. Oh, yeah, okay. We're bringing up some questions for next meeting. <laughs> okay. Okay, any further discussion on this issue? And, 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 and pass it on to our liaison. All right, next item, B231089, discussion and possible action regarding new recommendations or advisements to the City Commission pertaining to preserving, promoting wildlife, habitat protection, trees, and natural environmental resources, tree planning, beautification, and public spaces. I believe one of our memos covered this as it related to uh, preserving and promoting wildlife habitat protection and resources, environmental resources, as it relates to preservation, land preservation. I don't see that we memo had two, listed. There were two memos. It was the Tree money I think memo. It was one of the memos where we recommended the preservation of certain areas of the city. I think that was the tree money memo, right? Yeah. Um, so, did they ever decide to do a tree money workshop, or I don't know, uh, what I'm talking about, or like, 
or now that we have a natural resource officer, we don't have to worry about that now? Yeah, I think we kind of, I think it was kind of like some of the stuff was mute because he came on, so. Okay. So I do have a couple of questions about that on the tree fund because I read through it uh, prior to coming in. Okay. And what I'm curious about is what's the process for determining what to spend the funds on and who has the authority to spend the funds? Okay. You may not know right off the top of your head, Peace, but those are, all right, I'd like to understand that. I think it'd be good for group teacher. So moving forwards, um, the authority for that would be on our new division and the department's uh, director. Um, as, as far as, um, as long as the purpose is geared towards what the uh, designation for this tree fund is, um, at, at, at this point, it would be decided by um, our division, and uh, the director may have the final say. So then the city manager is now out of it. It's strictly your division? Well, um, the city manager, for, and it depends for uh, the um, le amount yeah. of spending, but uh, for now, now we have... Uh, we have some some say to uh, recommend, and then ultimately, yeah, the the final decision would have to be approved on a manager level. But now it's something that uh, we would direct in a way. So you guys would submit it to him what you want, but he ultimately can say yes or no, Mr. Fletcher. I am not, I am familiarizing myself with this, but um, I, my, my guess would be that ultimately, yeah, we can, we can uh, guide and then the final yes or no uh, will be on a so higher level. So typically, that would be the manager saying that? that? Typically, what you would have would be like a level, right? We're cleared to spend X amount of dollars, anything above that would go up. That's right. And, right, and at so this point, I am familiarizing myself with the yeah, what those with these levels and amounts are. So that'd be it. Right? That's a good. Right, would be interesting for us to know that also as we think about projects. Yes, because in the past, I need to be quiet. On the past, I don't know that his best interest was in our purposes as an environmental board. I think it was in how he could supplement budgets or lacking funds in like the public works for you know utility trucks public that kind of works thing was yeah. the yeah. primary uh, distributor of the funds right so i feel like i you know would like to get the answer to that and hopefully we can know who we are addressing yeah because if it's supposed to go for trees it should go for trees and, and that's <laughs> exactly and I, and I believe i believe that is being transferred to the natural resource department Funders, community <laughs> development. Yeah. Okay, I know. Uh, my the, the uh, habitat protection of the uh, preserving and promoting wildlife memo. Did that include any Animal Crossing things at all? Signs. That, well, that know, included. Uh, well, well, that included. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was. Really I didn't play that, that on the so. uh, Realistic of that the cost included, of that was. The recommendation included. Okay. The Myakahatchee Creek Environmental Fund. 
the wildlife, Mycatch Creek Environmental, Environmental yeah. Wildlife Corridor. Okay. And all adjacent drainage within the conservation restricted zone of the Mycatch Creek floodplain. What that are they going to do that when the, the hospital's being built up right on top of that out there? That's my big concern. You know, there's a huge... They're going to look the other way. Gonna, there's a huge development, <laughs> and <laughs> wildlife is going to be massively displaced. Oh, no, there's a yeah, lot of deer exactly. out there. And, 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 and turtles, and, 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 and the corridor is yeah. now more of an escape route than it is an access route okay. for them to get to the cults. And then there's very few places where they can get through under 75. I think we really need to focus on that. And that's so that's part of opinion. that's part of the discussion on the memo. We haven't gotten the answer to. I know there was talks. This is like what was it two years ago about Yorkshire area when they built this next 75 exit. Oh, that yeah, was, there's, they know, were trying to do that, but they were saying kites out there. The millions no. of, if not, if was that was it like a billion they quoted that it was going to cost to do that, and so they said it was too big for our city to focus on as a project, that that has to be the department, state of Florida yeah, Department of Transportation. Because it was too much. Crossing yes. crossing they were saying it was too massive of a project. She looked at some places that had done them, and it was two to three million dollars. Yeah, and they were telling, when we last asked about this as the board, they said it was too big of a project for our city to do. It was more of a well, department you know, of transportation. Well, we ask developers and give them incentives, and I keep yeah. saying this every single meeting, and nobody, you know, and I know at least one commissioner said she would be in favor of incentives, you know, tax incentives, to, or, you know, put your name onto this microforest. Yeah, that'd be you know, And we'll give you, you know, a delayed. Benderson needs to put his name on a bunch of microforests. Oh, yeah. Right. He needs so to inhabit the preservation. I'm just trying to answer your question. That's all. Well, they're not required. I wonder what the status is. They're not required to respond. They're not required to respond. That's what they're They are. They are. Let's well, find that know, out. We could go to the. I haven't gone to commission meeting in a long time, yeah. but we you could can make start public making comment. noise. They, they, are, they encourage public comment, and we can make our recommendations, but they, have, they don't have to answer us at all, what we were told in the past, because we were getting frustrated. <laughs> right? I was saying, so that's how this is as well, we but we that they don't have no, to it's, respond. It's we can make our recommendations oh, yeah. and our yeah, advice. Yeah, that's public our, comment. So yeah. that means you're going to have to, right? You and your group are going to have to do a good job of talking it down. <laughs> right, if we're going to get anything no, done, right? Because if all we're going to do is Every one of those memos are related to unfinished business. Yeah. And we'd like to get through the unfinished business of last year so we can start working on business for this year. Oh, did we get something together yeah. for last year? Yeah, we have we have 11 memos out there but to I the commission that we haven't gotten any feedback on. Okay, well, maybe we just, you know... It, it, well, maybe it, it, we should have a representative from this board attend every Well, every you city, don't have to you know, be there. Part. You can write an email to them. Yeah, That's true. Do like way. an email for public comment and they read it. Yeah, it wasn't working. Oh, I tried to do okay. that and it gave me an error message. So I don't know how well that's working. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was like, oh, that's fun. Um, guess I can't do that. 
Well, you know, it's discouraging because they don't listen. To, they Several other commissions are aware of the issue as far as it relates to the memos. I guarantee it. McDowell's been really good about helping us get further. Yeah, she's the only person she's doing. They are aware. I guarantee. Wow, we're in trouble. Maybe they'll fix their link. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that uh, uh, our liaison can. Uh, facilitate that if thank you issue. Uh, can we get some kind of uh, possible answers to these questions next meeting, sir? I will do my best to provide possible answers. Well, the city clerk is well aware of the issue. All right. Any further discussion on that issue? And and I did notice one thing. It said here discussion possible action regarding. New recommendations for yeah. advertisements. Yeah, I, 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 well, I, probably one of the new recommendations would be to uh, uh, consider the. Uh, I have a recommendation. I, 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 I would ask them to, you know, give us the courtesy of a response. <laughs> Seriously, we can, why well, can't we ask for it? If you'd like to send a joint email. Well, I, I, I don't. I can almost guarantee you, you know Debbie she'll respond to you. I, I don't oh, know. I know Debbie will. I know she will. She will, but yeah. that's just one. You need three. Okay. Any further discussion on this issue? So we've got a pesticide memo out there also, and we haven't gotten a response on it. I thought I saw something I think we about that. We had they went to, to the commission. But went to, wasn't there yeah. one for the we have, we have 11 unanswered memos the out there. The second one was the one about the bees. I think they've bees. all gone to the commission, but I don't think we've gotten any of that. Yeah. yeah, but I think I saw something on the New City website about what they're using to spray for mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. No, I asked. I, I got, saw that. Yeah, I asked for the list. I think you're wrong. I asked for the list and okay. got the list of We're off topic. documented Sorry. ones last week, last month. And then again, last time, any further discussion on that issue? Hearing none. Uh, item C, 23-15-13. Discussion, possible action regarding advertising the city commission, advising the city commission on the creation of a city environmental health, water, tree, and air quality scoreboard. That was sir. That was sir. No, it was sent last week. I did confirm with you all today, but um, I did send it last week. Okay. Uh, yeah. Were we waiting for a response on that? I am. Uh, I have not heard back. Okay. So, so we are. Sorry. That makes that makes that makes twelve. Okay, that makes 12. We'll just keep doing them. We'll just keep adding All right. them. Um, <laughs> any discussion on that issue? Hearing none, moving on. Uh, item D, 23-15-15, discussion of possible action regarding advertise, advising the city commission on retention pond planting regulations and potential incentives. Well, they sprayed everything to death on those retention ponds around my house. Yes, mine too. Well, all right. Uh, is this in Sarasota County? 
Yeah. So you're eligible for the START program. Do you know about that? No. No. START solutions to avoid bread tide. Please go to the website. It's on my card. We, if communities promise to stop mowing up to the edge because that's really bad for banks, we will give you three thousand dollars of uh, littoral plant species or you can charter your landscape contractor. Now, we've done this for a lot of HOAs. We've done it for just a few commercial clients. I can't guarantee that we would be able to do it for a municipality, but I think we would. This is under a grant from the Baransic Foundation. So you would have a little form to fill out, drawing of the pond, and then the promise that you'll stop mowing up to the bank so you'll allow a no-mow zone to grow there. And then we will uh, give you a budget, if you will, for you to plant buy $3,000 worth of plants. You can plant them on a volunteer day, or you can charter a company. Yeah, it's called the Healthy Ponds Collaborative. And it's start... The county's Healthy Ponds uh, Stormwater Department, and then the Water Keeper, Gulf Coast Water Keeper. Yeah, involved. I wonder if the Northport Conservancy knows about that, because we could probably do that as like projects too mm -hmm. for them with them, because that would be we could just tackle them around the city. There's a bunch of retention ponds. You mean like canals and waterways? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know that we knew about this. We could try to. Get this going. Well, um, I did see where um, Carlton Ward, you know, with the Panther corridor through Florida, mm -hmm. is now taking its efforts to the Gulf of Mexico and addressing the red tide thing. So that might oh, be a so resource for us to our waterways mm -hmm. to yeah. reach uh -huh. out to, maybe. <laughs> I fully understand that one. I've been harping on that one for decades. We're going to have to go up against Big Sugar. Good luck. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> He's been pretty successful, though. I can't believe he got a corridor all the way through to the state. So. Charlie Crist had that problem under control when he was governor. Right, the Big Sugar thing? Yeah. So I'm told. Well... Well, anyway, so anybody can write me about START, and I will reply with a description of the program and an introduction of a gentleman named Lonnie Reddy. And, um, you know, the no-mo zone is something that yeah. communities are, some of them are reluctant to implement. Others are delighted. My community's been doing it four years now, and, I mean, we had... Two rosette spoonbills and two wood storks fishing around nice. our lake, that's and awesome. yeah, that's that, that. As soon as you put the no moza on, you're attracting pollinators and wildlife. Plus, you are putting an instant break against, or break meaning slowing down, stopping erosion. An instant barrier to erosion. litter. Litter, I guess, is good for that too. It, 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 Helps a lot of from going into the water. Yeah. Does, does start only do it for the ponds, or do they do it for canals too? Well, so far we just do retention ponds. Okay. Um, 
for the canals, this is where, you know, what we need is for Lonnie and me to come down here and do a walk with you guys. And Lonnie knows more about that grant money and how it can be used. Um, and also how much there is versus how much has been given out. But the Barantics, we take twenty or 30,000 from them every year. So we use it until it's gone. Sounds great. Canals. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of interesting things you can do, and it can weave into your microforest initiative. Well, one of the benefits yeah. for reducing mowing is reducing cost to the taxpayer. The less you mow, the less it costs the taxpayer. Absolutely. Mowing is. And can get behind that. <laughs> And did you know that a mower operating for one hour releases more climate-damaging chemicals than a big old pickup truck running from here to Disney World and back? And that's because mowers don't have catalytic converters. They're not regulated to scrub the, the really damaging light ends out of their emissions. Well, that's just a thought, but uh, the, the potential for... We, we, we've had, we had discussions over the years for uh, planting wildflowers along the canals and waterways, you know, and the, and the whole concept was to uh, revive as much habitat as possible, but reduce the amount of mowing that is is done in the city. There's and, um, huh? you said wildflowers. There's I think it's like Minnesota or something. The government's paying homeowners mm -hmm. to stop landscaping their yard and. Yeah. Uh, increase the native plants, and they're paying them to yeah, do that. Yeah, well, people get in trouble here? around here for mowing, for not mowing their yards. But there's also been uh, inroads made that it's not as objectionable now as it was. Mm -hmm. I know several people that have uh, native wildflowers mm -hmm. we do. naturally growing in their front yards. Mm -hmm. uh, California has similar programs. There's I, I see more there. people in the right. neighborhood doing like islands so, of wildflowers, so. just letting it go and they mow around it mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, yeah, when you do something. that, you know, that's the key is you need to make it, you need to have some trim areas. Some, so you need to create some definition so it doesn't look unkempt, but rather looks like a bounded area. Well, you appear to be an excellent source of information that we're going to. Well, great. I'm, I'm delighted to I'm, be here. I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure we are, aren't we? Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't know what to say about that uh, discussion, possibly, regarding advising the city commission. I believe that's been done. And it also would fall into the scorecard deal. As far as uh, uh, water quality. Can I make a motion to carry it over so we can look into the START program and and see if we can get, you know, maybe advise it to the um, commissioners? Make the motion. Okay, I make a motion that we carry this 23-1515 this, um, over so that we can look into also possibly advising the commissioners about the START program and seeing looking into that further. Second. So see if we can get that going. We have a motion made and seconded. Get that motion, Mike? Um, can you 
Yes, just to carry. All yep. those Got in it. favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Okay, future agenda items. I got one right off the bat. Man, let me see how I'm going to put this. Okay. I'm extremely interested in the new Chapter 6 of the Unified Land Development Code. The natural resource element, I believe. Is that right? That is right. But I I am actually not, I have not been familiarized okay. with it as well. Gonna, it's still I'm, in progress. I'm, I'm going to help you out. I'd like to make a motion that we uh, request a copy or the newest draft of Chapter 6 of the Unified Land Development Code Natural Resource Element. You don't need a motion to do so. I'll finish. And that, uh, uh, if possible, we respectfully request a presentation and update of that element prior to its adoption by the committee and have the ability to review that document in a timely manner. To second that. Prior to adoption. All those in favor? Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Is there any other future agenda item someone would like to add? Yes. Mr. I'm sorry. Casey. Who seconded that? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'd like to ask, there's a permanent agenda item, a review of our outstanding memos, and what the status of each one is. We have a motion. Need a second. I second it. Amber seconds. Amber seconds the motion. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? Motion carries. Anything else anyone would like to discuss or add at this time? How many items does that put on our agenda for next time? Two? Fourteen, right? Uh, Each I of the have memos. another item I'd like to discuss. Should we be so... Um, my hunch is that everybody saw um, the War Mineral Springs email that I came did. out on Friday. That, oh, right? It's stopped or whatever. I was happy about that. So, yeah, right? So I kind of went back and looked at the 2019 plan yeah. and then the current one and that sort of thing. Should we way. be making yeah. a recommendation on we think you ought to do this, that, or the other thing with this? We shouldn't be building stuff on ancient right. I mean, This seems like it ought to be right up our alley to at least make a recommendation on so I'd like to put on the agenda discussion of should we right, weigh in on more mineral springs. That's, right, that's a colossal cluster. You had a nice plan in 2019. We're five years later, and we've got nothing. I feel like 
Consensus for discussion. Cool. Okay. All right. But uh, the chapter six of the ULC is well within our duties and responsibilities as a board because it covers many facets. And we extensively went through chapter 45 of the tree ordinance when it was proposed. And that took three years. Okay, no further, no public comment, no further discussion. I adjourn this meeting. All right. Well, excuse me. It's a pleasure to meet everybody. Same here. Thank you so much for giving me the floor. I guarantee we're not going to let you be a stranger. Good. Oh, that's great. I appreciate that you Thank you. Thank you. Maybe, um, I'm not sure if you will be available on the 20th, but I would love if you can, yeah, be there. Do you have some capacity to There may be different types of Push back in many ways. So, yeah, there's a lot. We are, I'm actually so excited. The doctor, yeah, we have the, I want to go on specifically. Yeah, I'm very receptive to email.